This is a podcast by The Straits Times and Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the breakfast huddle with Adrian Abraham and Ryan Huang. Now, coming up, uh, the Washington Report with Steve Okun. The U.S. Embassy in Afghanistan is being evacuated as the Taliban descend on the capital, Kabul, seeking the unconstitutional surrender of the central government, according to officials. In just over a week, the Taliban has seized nearly all of Afghanistan, despite the hundreds of billions of dollars spent by the U.S. and NATO over nearly two decades to build up Afghan security forces. Then, over the weekend, U.S. President Joe Biden authorized an additional 1,000 U.S. troops for deployment to Afghanistan, raising the number of U.S. troops to roughly 5,000 to ensure what Mr. Biden called an orderly and safe drawdown of American and allied personnel. Meanwhile, the Department of Homeland Security issued a new terrorism threat advisory ahead of the anniversary of the September 11th terror attacks and amid a resurgence of the coronavirus pandemic. The National Terrorism Advisory System Bulletin said the U.S. faces a heightened threat environment from both domestic terrorists and those inspired or motivated by foreign terrorists and other malign forces' influences. It cited increased use of online forums to influence and spread violent extremist narratives and promote violent activity. On the line with us to discuss the issues of the U.S., is Steve Okun, Senior Advisory, McLarty Associates. Good morning, Steve. How are you? Uh, good evening from Colorado, Adrian. Uh, good evening, good Colorado. Here. Good morning here in Singapore. <laughs> Steve, of course, plenty of talking points to look at. You know, Steve, you also served in the administration of President Bill Clinton as Deputy General Counsel at the U.S. Department of Transportation. Let's first talk about the exit from Afghanistan. It seems like the evacuation is moving faster than the White House had planned because this is contrary to an American military assessment which estimated it would be a month before the capital would come under insurgent pressure. Now, how did the U.S. miss this? You know, is there an underestimation of how quickly the Taliban, uh, you know, we were quite shocked at how quickly everything has unfolded. What's your take on this? Yeah, I mean, you know, in the U.S. right now, the question is, is is this going to be a Saigon moment? For President Biden, and that was in in 1975 when there's a iconic or infamous picture of a of a helicopter taking off from Saigon, and the Vietnamese who had who had worked with the Americans literally hanging onto it, trying to escape the country, and, and you see that happening now in in Afghanistan with tens of thousands of people who worked with the Americans there. So it's really a you know a tragic moment, um, a miscalculation certainly from. Uh, the administration and how how quickly uh, they could have an orderly process of getting both U.S. personnel out and those that supported the United States. So it's it's a it's a very sad day. Yeah, it is a very sad day, and we've been following uh, those reports very closely uh, this morning here in Singapore. And uh, you know, as we mentioned earlier, the president um, has left uh, Afghanistan, and we're not quite sure where exactly he's gone. But you know, Steve, it's still a couple of weeks to August 31st, which is when the U.S. and other foreign combat troops fully withdraw from Afghanistan. Now, how likely? Will they encounter conflict with the Taliban during this evacuation? 
Well, that's the, the question the United States has to ask for itself right now. I think there's still about 4,000 U.S. Uh, government officials at the embassy that need to be evacuated. Getting those 4,000 out will, will likely be able to occur, especially with the U.S. bringing in you know, another 5,000 troops to protect those Americans uh, evacuating Afghanistan. But what's going to happen with you know, the 50 to 80,000 of those uh, Afghans who supported the United States, worked, for example, as interpreters, uh, their families, they all have the, the right to come to the United States under a special uh, immigrant visa. But the issue is, will the U.S. get into a, a, a fighting war? Can it get into a fighting war with U.S. troops? Is it even possible? Uh, are they going to be able to secure the airport? So it is so dynamic right now. Uh, all of this is, is really up in the air, but, but all things point to, to you know, a tragedy unfolding. The question is, how tragic will it be? This podcast is available on our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us. And now, back to our podcast episode. Uh, Steve, how did Trump's deal with the Taliban at Camp David in 2019 uh, leave Biden and essentially the U.S. in this position? Biden says this deal left the insurgents in the strongest position militarily since 2001. Well, what President Biden has said is because Donald Trump put in an artificial deadline of May 1, and that was of this year when, when, when Donald Trump was still president, that he invited the Taliban to negotiate it. He invited, even invited the Taliban uh, to Camp David, that it gave the Taliban a roadmap of how quickly the U.S. would pull out and would enable them to strengthen uh, over a short period of time. Now, President Biden could have said, well, I don't need to live by President Trump's plan. He, you know, I don't need to live by May 1. In fact, he didn't. He said, we're going to extend it to August 31st because I want to be out by the 20th anniversary of 9-11. Um, but there's a lot of pushback against President Biden for, for blaming President Trump. While President Trump's decision might have sped up the resurgence of the Taliban even more than it would have otherwise, it's still President Biden's call. The other major point on this will be the global response and everything that's been said about it. But according to you, what will likely be the reaction uh, from the rest of the world to the situation? Well, I think you, you're going to have to watch three things play out. First, what's going to happen with the U.S. evacuation? And are they going to be able to live up to their commitments to those Afghans who put their lives on the line to, to work with them over the past 20 years? So that's one factor you're going to have to watch to see what happens next. The second factor is what's going to happen, especially to the women and girls of, of Afghanistan under Taliban rule. Uh, it was atrocious when the Taliban ruled the country prior uh, to the U.S. invasion, you know, in the aftermath of 9-11. Are you going to see, you know, egregious treatment of women and girls? And, and that will have an impact. And then the third thing you want to take a look at is Will Afghanistan become another terrorist base uh, upon which to launch t attacks against the U.S. and European countries and others? That was the initial rationale for the U.S. going in, right, was because that is the base of, of al-Qaeda. That was the base from where the uh, terrorist attacks were launched against New York and Washington. Um, and so is it going to become another terrorist base again? All three of those things are going to dictate what's going to happen and how the U.S. looks in the future. Yeah, so much to look 
ahead to and uh, keep a very close eye on. We're in conversation with Steve Oaken, uh, Senior Advisor, McLaughlin Associates. Steve, moving to this new terror threat that the Department of Homeland Security uh, issued just before the weekend. There aren't specific details as to where this threat is coming from, but it appears to involve both domestic and foreign players. Now, what more can you tell us about this? Yeah, exactly. There's there's two issues. One, when you have an anniversary of 9/11, that is often a signal for for others to attack the homeland. I mean, that's why the Department of Homeland Security was created after 9/11 um, was to prevent that type of foreign terror attack. And when you see Al Qaeda releasing its first English language copy of a magazine that's an open source playbook on terror attacks, it's the first time they've done it in four years. That's clearly a signal where the Department of Homeland Security is giving a, you know, a general warning to, to the U.S. public, but I'm sure is giving much more detail to, to police forces uh, throughout the United States about if there are, are certain things to be on the lookout for. And then the second is you have, you know, the, with COVID, you have, you know, grievances over public health safety measures. Uh, do you wear a mask? Do you not wear a mask? Should you be required to be vaccinated to be employed? So you have this terrible partisanship uh, happening where you have battles over perceived threats to freedom. So you have threats of domestic terror. You have heightened threats of foreign terror. And so that's why DHS, Department of Homeland Security, uh, issues a much higher warning level. Yeah, Steve, just before I let you go, let's link it back to the whole thing with Afghanistan. How likely is this to have synergy uh, with the U.S. withdrawal and evacuation uh, from the territory? Could there be a, a connection here? Well, I mean, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, it came out, I think it was today when he was questioned by senators saying, you know, you had said it might take a couple of years before there would be an increased terrorist threat from terrorists being able to freely operate in Afghanistan as they did pre-9-11. And Chairman Miley of the Joint Chiefs said that he's going to have to move that timeline up. He didn't say how much he was going to move it up, but there's clearly a potential for increased terrorists threats when the Taliban is in complete control of Afghanistan, same as there was before 9-11. Thank you. We've been in conversation with Steve Okun, Senior Advisor, McClarty Associates. Steve, thank you so much for taking the time to join me this morning on Money FM in Singapore. Of course, uh, good evening. In uh, It is the <laughs> evening over in the U.S. Always a pleasure. Cheers. Thank you. The Asian Insider Podcast channel is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us.